Hey everyone, you are now tuned in to Nabra Talk, the most culture-shifting podcast of this generation. I'm your host, Gene the Genius, and today we have a very special guest with us. This person has been on Nabra Talk before, so we'll just call this the return. She is someone who is thriving in her own right in ways that will motivate and inspire young black girls and women. She'll be earning her master's in business and science for personal care from Rutgers University. She's a chemist for one of the top beauty brands in the world. Just to name a few, please welcome Vanessa Lormajust. Yes. Hey. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Vanessa Lormajust. What's going on, Vanessa? Nothing much. It's chilling, really. Word. It's good to have you back on Arbor Talk. Thanks for having me. No problem. I had to pick. I had to pick people and figure out. All right, how can I? What kind of guests can I have just to help me start off the year and everything like that? Mm. So. I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, it's time out of your day and everything, but I really appreciate that. No problem. So, you want to hear a joke? Sure. All right. So, what... You know I play music, right? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm a drummer, if y'all ain't know. So, I found this kind of funny. What did the drummer name his two twin girls? I really don't know. And a one. And a two. Bye. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. That's, yo, that's funny, bro. That's funny. That is clever and funny. No. Yes. That is not. And I thought, I'm like, yo. That's not funny. God better not give me two twin daughters because I will have a field day, bro. That is not that, funny. That is funny. All right. That's because you don't play music. That's funny. I don't know. And a one. And a two. What? <laughs> All right. So let's go. Let's let's talk about, Um, you be on Twitter sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you see this big trend. I don't know. It's been a trend for like two year, two months on popular opinions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I like that. It's cool, but some of the some of the opinions are not unpopular though. That's true. It got to a point where it's like, yo, we all we all thought about that. Mm-hmm. So, but I saw one that was about traveling, and mm-hmm. since you are someone who has traveled all over the world more chill, than chill, nine, chill, chill. not yo, Manessa is a travel. In- she likes to like tell us to chill up, but yo, she be <laughs> everywhere, son. I go on Instagram, she's like. She's in. Where did you, Nether, did you go to the Netherlands? I went to Iceland. Yeah, she uh, went to Iceland, <laughs> eating whales, bro. I was not. You didn't have whales. I heard no, you had whales. I'm so picky. I would not. So eat what'd that. you have? I had pizza. I had. Um, All right. So wait. Can I stop you right there? Yeah. That's an unpopular opinion. You're not gonna <laughs> eat food. But I'm also picky. So in Iceland, they also have a big cultural. They have a lot of cultural diversity. So. Like, one day I had samosas, one day I had tapas. Like, I had a lot of good food. I was just in Iceland. But I'm not eating, like, fermented shark. I'm not doing that. Like Why not? That's why you travel. I don't though. like to get food poisoning. Oh, uh, you're so, scared of that. Uh, you got to take yeah. that leap of faith. I'm man. good. You got to take fermented that leap Fermented shark is kind of where I, I drop. <laughs> I heard shark is rocking, too. I'm I heard good. is. I heard, oh, my goodness. I'm really so, good. all right. So, let me ask you. Can you name... Can you name all the 14 countries that you've visited? Okay, I'll try. Uh, France, Belgium, England, Spain, Italy, Germany, uh, Greece, Czech Republic, Jamaica, Puerto Rico, because I consider Puerto Rico its own country, Uh, Iceland, uh, Bermuda, Martinique, where else? Oh, the Netherlands. So you did go to the Netherlands? Yeah, a few years ago. Wow. Went to Amsterdam. 
So which country had, or I can't even ask you that question, had the what? best meals, but you don't, you oh, eat french fries and burgers no, everywhere chill, you go. Chill. So I think as far as who had the best cultural food, I think Greece. Like okay. Greece, like Greek food is really, really good. Like it's, it's like European, but they have flavor. Like a lot of times I would eat, like for example, in Italy, the food wasn't always like seasoned. Like it's cool, but like mm-hmm. I'm Haitian. So like. Right. I put my mom throws my epis on everything, right. but um, in Greek, in Greece, the food was really good, like fresh and like really good. Nice. Yeah. Which country was the most adventurous? I think Spain may have been more adventurous for us. Like we did a lot in Spain. Um, like I went to Barcelona. Like we did like a hop on, hop off tour. We went to like mat, like major like tourist attractions and mm. like. Went to the beach and, like, saw fireworks. It was, like, crazy. Like, and one night, because um, all the, the top clubs are kind of in one area and they're on the beach. So, c- some parts of the club, like, let out onto the beach. Okay. So, we were, like, dancing on the beach at, like, 3 a.m. There's, like, all these people there. Like, apparently there was some, like, festival or something going on. It was it was lit. Like, nice. Barcelona didn't go to sleep and I, I'm here for it. So let's let's have a quick like discussion of the unpopular opinion. So okay. what would be your first unpopular opinion for traveling? Um unpopular opinion as far as like what are you not dealing with when you travel? Like for example A lot of times people are like I want to say, um, how do I word this? Like, you're okay to go to a different country right. that you don't speak the language. Like, I think a lot of times that's, like, a barrier for people. Like, mm-hmm. like I guess my unpopular opinion is, like, traveling isn't that hard. Okay. Like, it, it's really more simple than people make it out to be. Like, it, it's not some big thing. It's I like, agree. You buy a ticket, you get on the plane, and then you're in a different country. And you book, like, like a hotel. For yeah. Like, it, it's a lot more simple than people think. Like, the flight, checking the prices, booking the hotel. It For me, it's more of, like, a you just got to get up and go. Mm-hmm. Like, And, like, packing now has even become a lot easier for me because I use these, like, packing cubes. So, it's, like, each little cube is, like, okay, I put my shoes in here, I put my clothes in there. And now I've been, like, packing, like, the day before a trip, and I'm good. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I seen one, um, well, the one unpopular opinion I had was the food mm-hmm. part. Like, cause the, the, like, my thing is if you travel out of the country or mm-hmm. out of state, um, when it's not just food, it's just what you normally do at home and where you live. Like mm-hmm. I don't travel to party the same or, you know, to do whatever I do at home. If I go to another state or another country is to explore what i'm not used to seeing you know so Mm -hmm. it's whether it be for food or the way people hang out or what people do for fun or whatever the case might be like that's like that's how i feel traveling should be where i know some people they go and they do what they usually do so i think it depends because it's like i'm a very picky eater so i'm really not about (laughs) to go out here eating anything crazy like I've been to France, what, three times? I've never had escargot. Really? Like, I'm really okay. Okay, so <laughs> what is the craziest What is the craziest meal you've had if you're not a picky eater? Uh, no, I am a picky eater. Okay, so if the you're a craziest, picky eater... It wasn't crazy. It was like... Um, well, uh, so one time, when I was, in, I was studying abroad, 
Um, so it was because my teachers said the same thing. They're like, Miss, you can't eat French fries every day. And I was like, I can. I do. <laughs> and, that doesn't sound healthy. We bro. went to, um, but I would walk all the time. So I feel like me eating the fries and walking You're burning upwards of like an hour a day, I'm good. And so they took me to this um, Moroccan restaurant, like all the students, and I had this dish called tagine. Mm-hmm. And it's it it's like kind of like a beef stew with like couscous and like um, all these things like in a pot. Okay. And that was like alarming. Ooh. But it was really good. See? Like it was rocking. All right, so. But that's also because I could rationalize like, oh, this is just beef stew. Like if I cannot like familiarize myself with something or like, make it seem not as complicated, I'm not going to eat it. Dang. Like, for example, I can eat empanadas all day or, like, yeah, samosas. Can be, those are the same thing. Like, a samosa is, like, um, like I want to say Middle Eastern in nature, but, if you like, to me, I simplify it. I'm like, oh, it's, like, an empanada. So mm-hmm. I'll eat it, and I'm not, like, ah. But, like, there's sometimes I'm just, like, yeah. No. <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. So I, I don't blame you for that. There are people who are picky. Me, on the other hand, I'm becoming more, like, out there. Mm-hmm. Like, even the tweets where they'd be like, I seen a tweet, a video where it was like, um, you had a group of people on a cliff, and then there was a rope, and you jumped onto the other side. It was probably about, I don't know, like, a thousand feet or something like that to the other side. And said, would you jump? I said, it might be my last, but yeah. I'm really good. Like, <laughs> I, I'm going skydiving in January. That's really good. But I know some people, they're they they not with that. That's like, not even on my bucket list. For real? I'm really okay. I got to go skydiving. I got to go uh, mountain climbing. My thing is, like, I'm a naturally clumsy person, so I need oh. to not put myself in dangerous way. That's all. Like, I have to be as safe as possible. Oh, yeah, see, I can't even be around you. You clumsy then. Because if I'm about to skydive, and he's like, are y'all ready to I'm go? I'm like, trip out the plane. You're going like, to trip I'm me out the plane serious. before I was ready like, to go. You're like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Sorry, don't cut it. <laughs> like, I'm about no, to die. Like, if, if, I might have tripped out of the plane. <laughs> oh, bro, you're not going to trip out I'm telling you, that's the level of clumsy you're doing. That's not good, bro. That is not good. <laughs> yeah. But it's all good, though. It's all good. Uh, So... Real quick before we get into like like our real discussions, um, shout out to Naeem Shaw. He's from More Than Music. He's in he's a More Than Music artist from Roselle, New Jersey. He just dropped his a lot freestyle music video that was filmed by Jones, aka JJ Films. You guys can go ahead and check the video out on YouTube. Follow Naeem at N A I M S H A W and follow Jones at JJ Films. Also, Naeem was featured on a CBS show recently, so a big shout out to him. When we come back from this quick break, I'm going to give you my genius of the month. We have a pretty cool one this month. Find out who became the youngest to attend Oxford University.
Nabra family, welcome back to Nabra Talk. We have with us Manessa Lumejust, aka Nessalo. Yes, sir. So before we went on break, I told you guys I had some pretty dope nominees for Genius of the Month, which really actually won. Um, but before we talk about our Genius of the Month, Manessa, you're a genius yourself. I do like to do that. See, I like that. I like that I confidence. Really think I'm a Good. Don't ever like, you know lower yourself to because i know some people like well, all right before <laughs> all right before you now you do call yourself a genius what do you think a genius is like what what's your you know definition of a genius for me i guess from my perspective it's someone that you're not only able to solve complex problems or challenges but you welcome them like i'm always like oh okay well how does that work like for me it's not just like seeing something and taking it for face value like i think a lot of times i'll have like a problem with authority or a problem with someone trying to tell me what to do mm-hmm. because i'm just like mm. like one does that actually make sense like my mind will go like okay what they said it doesn't make sense and then i just go from there so i think it's like the way that i i think or the way that i'm able to process information um but yeah and it's also being interested in more than one thing i think an expert is someone that, you know, they know one thing and, like, they can stick to it. But a genius is someone that they can welcome more than one thing and kind of be skilled at different crafts. Nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. So, for my take, my... The reason why I call myself Gene the Genius is not because of me knowing everything. But it's mm-hmm. the fact that I know nothing. But I'm willing to learn Mm-hmm. anything and as much as possible so when i think of people who were geniuses from our history 
um, I think their their whole thing was they just were willing to sit down and learn something and mm-hmm. read for hours and stuff like that and master and master it. Yeah. exactly so a genius like you're correct on your end but i also feel like for me it's just the fact that it's a humble it's a humble entitlement that i've given myself like mm-hmm. i'm not walking around thinking i know everything is the fact i'm walking around i don't know nothing mm-hmm. but i'm willing to but if you tell me this is what you have to do in order to do X, Y, and Z. So, okay, I'm willing to do that. Or I'm willing to learn. And I know I'm capable of learning anything. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Um, you will have your master's in business and science with yes. a focus of personal care, right? Mm-hmm. Why was it so important for you to get your master's after you earned your undergrad? For me, I think it... To be honest, I always just say that I'm a nerd. Like, I just like school. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I got a bachelor's, but I knew that wasn't going to be enough. Like, for me personally, right, like for right. my own, I guess, personal satisfaction or academic kind of engagement, I was like, okay, well, I know I want a master's. Like, I know I don't want a PhD. So, like, I knew what I didn't want. Right. And so I knew, okay, if I don't get a PhD, let me get a master's. And I think the reason I was also so kind of high strung about getting it because I didn't take a break like I actually started my master's program while I was in undergrad and I think it's because I had that option Mm -hmm. because I had the option to start it early it was just like well why not right start it early you'll save like twelve thousand dollars maybe more but it's just like you can already be on track to have something else in like two years yeah so it's like now I'll have two years of work experience but I already have a master's degree and a lot of times, it's hard for people to get one or the other. Hmm. Like, it's hard for you to graduate college and then start getting, like, real-world experience. And then it's, like, hard if you did go get your master's immediately to then be placed in a position or in a role that is, like, to par with your academics, Correct. if that makes sense. Yeah. And so I was, like, I'm really kind of killing two birds, one stone if I just continue to stay in stay in school and work at the same time yeah it's good you took advantage of that too because i know like for a lot of college students it's kind of difficult to do that you know depending on their circumstances and everything like that so it's good on your part that you actually were able to go ahead and see like the benefits of you know having Mm -hmm. that program available to you and i think a lot of times it's like more of a, a later thought like I knew I wanted to get my master's when I was a sophomore in college. Okay. So it was like, I knew that. So then I started working towards that and figuring out where I could piece it in. I'm a big planner. Mm-hmm. Like, my friends always make fun of me that, like, I plan too much. But for me, it was like, okay, if I know sophomore year I want a master's degree, what is the best possible way for me to put this into my game plan to execute it effectively? Like, I was looking at a different school, actually. But they didn't allow me, the, obviously. They wouldn't have allowed me the option to start that program when I was a senior. Mm-hmm. I would have had to wait until I was done. Right. But I was like, well, with Rutgers, I'm already a student here. One, my um, admissions process is a lot less complicated. Like, I didn't have to take my GREs. I didn't have to have, like, all the letters of recommendation. I think they just asked me for one and, like, a personal essay. Right. And it's like I already had the GPA um, that qualified me. To me, it was a, literally a no-brainer. Right. And then it's interesting because, like, now, um, like I said, I work full-time as well. There's been at least two students I've met that went to Rutgers, similar time as me. They didn't start the program right away, and now they wanted to go back and start it. And it's like now, like, it's like if they had started when 
you know, they were still in school, they would be a lot more ahead. And because you were already in school, you exactly. already had that school mindset mm-hmm. and stuff. It's so and hard. To they get could have been a lot more um, versatile in like the work market as well. So it's it's really interesting. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about how you've been able to combine hair and hair color and care products at work okay at work so one of the platforms i work on at work is uh color and care so um, one of the major trends right now at least in uh, hair is getting like color deposit on your hair to like maintain like if you are blonde for example and your hair kind of fades to yellow or like you your hair is very brassy you actually put purple on top of that to neutralize it. So if you look at the color wheel, like yellow neutralizes purple. So it's a game on color, right? Yeah. And so I formulate, like I have a product that has launched already for Purology where um, uh, the chemist and I formulated a shampoo that deposits purple Mm -hmm. onto the hair so it's not as brassy. But it's interesting because a lot of times people are like, is the shampoo going to turn my hair purple? And it's like, no, because it's not formulated to give you like a boom purple result. It's like, it's more of like, because of the low concentration of dyes, it just kind of, it's a gradual uh, deposit, but your hair would never turn like super purple from it. That's interesting. You mentioned that because my coworker has been trying to figure out how to keep her hair blonde. Literally everyone. That is crazy. Tell her, um, tell her my Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And nice. so, like, I'm doing that, like, and so now, like, the interest is to do it with a lot more, um, a lot other, a lot of other colors yeah. to combat, like, the brassiness if your hair was, like, super dark mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, it's interesting because, I mean, there's already competitors on the market, but there's always a way for us to differentiate ourselves and make something better. Yeah, that's pretty cool, yo. So, let's, let's go into our little genius of the month. So... Let me break it down to y'all. The University of Oxford is a top tier level research school located in Oxford, England. The teachings of Oxford goes as far as the year 1096. And because of that, it's the oldest university in the English speaking world. Oxford University is clearly one of the most prestigious institutions in the world. And Joshua Beckford, who is six years old, with the brain power and intelligence of William Edward Bogart, Albert Einstein, and Nikola Tesla. So, oh, wow. yeah, <laughs> he's six. This boy is a genius. <laughs> you, you get me? So, Joshua mastered reading fluently because of phonics, and by the age of three, he was already speaking Japanese. Still having trouble speaking Creole at 25. Um, At the age of six, he is now the youngest to ever attend Oxford University, where he is studying philosophy and history. When he was only 10 months, he was able to read, write, and understand the alphabet and also differentiate colors. So he was writing at 10 months? Months. That's wild. Bruh. (laughs) Mind-boggling, bruh. This is crazy. Um... Joshua excels in math, science, history, and foreign languages. His dream is to become a neurosurgeon, and he also he's also practicing gallbladder removals. This he's is a six-year-old, bro. Gall- I can't even look at blood. <laughs> Son, he's practicing gallbladder removals, all right? Who is letting him <laughs> operate, like? 
Oh my goodness. I'm reading this like, what am I doing wrong, bro? Where did I go wrong at 10 months? Nah. <laughs> we all went somewhere wrong at Yo. 10 Alright, so he's practicing gold bladder removals and I don't even know how to say this. Appendectomy. Appendectomy. Let me see. A-P-P-E-N. I can't see it. Uh... A pen right here. Appendectomy? Yeah, appendectomy yeah. procedures. Oh. He also plans on becoming an astronaut and also is currently writing a children's book about Egypt. Wow. Let me ask you this, Melissa. <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> what makes something like this so significant? Well, I I also think maybe like, does it comment on who his parents were? No. I but his dad, like his dad, like his they didn't say anything about who his parents were they just I like think that parents. plays a role in it as well like i was watching this movie a few months ago it was like some girl her mom died when she was really young but the mom was like some math genius mm. and the mom was a math genius the grandma was a math genius and the little girl was like a math genius like and like they homeschooled her for a long time because um they didn't want her to like be placed in like you know special classes and they wanted her to have a normal life but they were like is nah like and she started working with like professors at like harvard and like all like it was crazy she was young just like this one so i think there's a big factor you know as far as who your parents are right Mm -hmm. and like what materials you have at home to play with because it's different if you're playing with an orgo textbook because your mom was a chemist mm-hmm. or if you're playing with a regular book because right. that's, someone got you that as a gift. Like, yeah. I have a friend who, who saves all of his textbooks because he wants to teach his children like outside of what they would learn from college. That's why I have all my books stacked yeah, now. It's like... I sell them because <laughs> like, he saves all of the books. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um... W- Hold on, just. I think it's like a lot to do with family too. And I, I mean, think he, so too. Because yeah, and yeah. like they said, he st- he was on he was with he was working with phonics, like hooked on phonics. So I oh, guess wow. that thing really does work. <laughs> yeah, I got that when I was little. I never got that. I just I only it's knew about it. But so I guess in a, it's an investment though. If you want exactly. your kids to be smart, so um, what is something that we should all take? from joshua beckford like do you think there's something we should learn from him or i think you're never too young for anything Mm. like especially now in our 20s um i'll know a lot of it is like you're not too old to still graduate it's it's always a focus on like your time will come but your time could be now like you you don't need to wait for anything right there's nothing that you need to wait on to, to start whether it's making money making an impact like there's nothing delaying you from starting what you're interested in doing now. Big facts. Now, do you think he's uh, he's been stripped away from his childhood by being placed in an adult environment? Well, obviously, he's not playing with blocks. <laughs> like, I would just assume uh, from what you just read, I don't think he he's not at daycare. Like, yeah. he's not at preschool. But it, it's also, like, would he have fun in those settings? Like, my nephew, I also think he's genius, but... He told me one day the kids, he was, he knows like every country in the world, like knows where they go geographically, knows their capitals. Like Mm -hmm. he knows all these things. He knew how to read before they taught him to read in school. Right. He told me one day he, he wanted to talk about tornadoes and he was like, none of the other kids in the class want to talk about this stuff. 
So they know, like kids are very aware of their intellectual level. Like, so when my nephew goes to school, unfortunately, they're not talking about the stuff he wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. So does that dilute his kind of like interest to continue to be intelligent? Perhaps. Like, I think that happened to me. Like I told my mom every single day I thought kindergarten was boring, but no one did anything about it. Like, um, so I, I don't think he doesn't have a childhood, but is he a child? Like, mentally, is he a child? Maybe I don't think he just so. has a different childhood. Yeah. His, that's all. His, yeah. His childhood is different. Yeah. That, I think that's pretty dope, bro. Yeah. Wow. But it also scares me because it's just like, you got super geniuses. Yeah. Like, and they can't, like, you could have a conversation with them, but they will get smart with you. Yeah. Real quick. Like, it's like, we can't, not much that we could talk about. Word. Um, so, he is making a book about Egypt and speaking of books Manessa uh. is part of a book that has a collection of travel stories by other women of color yeah as well so and the book is called the book is called she's ready um it's through a nonprofit called statement junkie okay in, uh, New York where can we order the book you can get the book on Amazon Barnes and Noble and then through this the nonprofit directly like on their website. So give us a little detail about the book. So basically, it's really interesting because the way I found out to be a contributor was really through Instagram. I know people knock Instagram, like don't just scroll aimlessly. Instagram be hooking it up for oh, me. No. Like if you're following, if you follow the right people. If you're following the right people and you're not getting lost in like the celebrity gossip and, and like room. the shade room and world star videos, there's opportunities out there like even like the last opportunity i did last month um with this beauty event was through instagram Mm. so it's just like instagram be plugging me but um she was kind of like i followed the nonprofit for a while um because i just follow all these like travel pages for women and whatever and so there was like an ad out and it was like do you have an interesting travel story to share we'd love to talk to you but whatever whatever so i set up time with her and i told her about my experience studying abroad and that's interesting because I had never wrote that experience on the blog post. I just, I remember I wrote about, like, I went to Versailles and I wrote about something else. But as far as my entirety of, like, how I got funded and, like, how, you know, what that that experience meant for me coming home. And never did I ever really share that. So when I was telling her my story, I was like, yo, this is, if, like, I'm selected, this would be a perfect way to share my study abroad experience because I had always felt like it was a very interesting story to tell, but I didn't feel like a blog post would do it justice, right? Because I would really want my story to reach as many people as it it could. And like a book, like what better way to do that, right? And so I told her my my story and, and she was like very, very interested. Like, for example, I told her, like for my study abroad program cost like $5,000. Nancy, my mom, was not giving me that in cash. (laughs) Like she was like, I'll pay for the deposit, you know, to secure your spot. But like I was working, you know, campus job, but I wasn't making money, money. So I had to find a scholarship and I ended up by like the grace of God, find literally Googling the right set of words to give me the most accurate scholarship for me as a person. Hmm. It was like, if you're from an underrepresented, um, minority group if you're in stem if you have this gpa you want to travel this like it's um it's called the gilman scholarship from the department of education me like hello and it's like even though i fill it out i was still nervous because i always have this like thing where it's like 
I can fit the description to a T, mm-hmm. but I'm never like, oh, this is mine. Like, I got that one. Like, I always, I guess I'm still humble about, you know, who I am as a person. And then I never feel like any opportunity is mine for the taking. It's more so, okay, do they think I'm qualified for it? Um, and so I got the scholarship. Then I was like working over winter break to pay for my plane ticket. And it was crazy because everything just aligned financially for me to be able to go. Um, and then my mom gave me like spending money because I was going to be there for like six weeks. But like it was bread mm-hmm. to get to go to study abroad. And I, I talk about that and like just coming from like my type of background, like my parents, you know, are both immigrants from Haiti. Like, uh, like they didn't go to college or anything like that. So it's not like I'm like loaded. Like I know a lot of times people would like see me as a person and think that but that's only because my mom always told me to look presentable in, right, in right. public. that's all it is it's just like you never want anybody to think but less of you so it's like but i go to the thrift store i get my clothes on sale like i don't wear all designer like that's just right like i'm still normal like yeah. and people who know you know that yeah thing, so um what was the process like putting the book together with the other women I had to put my chapter together in, like, two weeks. Oh. So, it was so crazy. So, like, I spoke to her. And it's crazy because I almost didn't take that phone call. Because if I'm not feeling good, everything's canceled. Like, (laughs) I don't talk to nobody. I just sit and watch Netflix all day. And she called me on a day I was, like, really, really, really sick. I think I just probably had, like, a cold or something. And, like, I almost didn't take the phone call. But after I spoke with her, she's like, yeah, the turnaround time is, I think, like, two to three weeks. And I was just like oh shit this is like oh school like am i so i'm still in school i'm still working so i had to find time to write it and i think the following like i had wrote out like an outline like i'm um i'm a bullet writer like i i'll just write things it's probably not even in the right order but this is like everything i'm trying to say Mm -hmm. and then i remember sitting at the hair salon one day i bought my laptop with me i wrote the whole chapter sitting at the because if you go to the black hair salon, you're sitting there all day. For hours, yeah. Like, I was sitting in the nail, in the hair salon all day. So I was like, wow, it's a good thing I brought my laptop. Like, when I say cranked it out, cranked it out. And then, um, you know, revised it. They sent it to an editor. The editor, like, revised it some more. Add, uh, told me to add a little bit here and there. And then it was good to go. So that process was like, I think I submitted the chapter end of September. And then the editor got back to me like October and made my changes. But my chapter was final and set by like November of 2017. Nice. Or maybe late October 2017. Something like that. When was it, pl- when, when was it uh, published? The book w- was published, I think, January 12th. Like the day we had the launch uh-huh. event. That's when it became like published. But we got copies. Like I, uh, I had ordered a certain number of copies to sell to my friends and stuff and like every author was able to do that it's pretty dope pretty dope told you guys this is a woman (laughs) who is doing big things in her own right i um it's pretty cool because all the proceeds go back to the nonprofit, and essentially what statement junkie is all about they their nonprofit is about um bringing just even the idea of travel Mm -hmm. to students who may not have had experience or exposure to it so a lot of young women in New York, like, they'll help them get their first passport, and they curate, like, after-school programs for them. It's really dope stuff. What's the name of the nonprofit? Statement Junkie. Okay, Statement Junkie. Nice. Yes. 
I'll look into that. That's pretty dope. They might come on Number Talk one day. Sure. Um. Okay, so when we come back from our short break, we're going to shift into our side note. Think about this question. Should America consider moving towards the practice of socialism? We'll be right back. No Batman, a young legend known as Nightwing. Light brings change, and was trying to do the right thing. Why be saying they don't want you so enlightened? Pipe dreams, Tim got the flu for nineteen. No screech in my options. They gon' love me after the coffin. Say by the pen and parole in my sentence. Work on repentance, don't ask for forgiveness. Tongue on Katana. A Tory Hanzo of a Hala deserve all the honor. They judge in any way you honor. He don't get laid enough, paid enough, threads ain't designer. He ain't real black like he think he is. He ain't from my part of town, moving bass on the beats and shit. It's written all over your faces. Judging the album by covers, but I ain't hear remixes like all the rest of them. All original or nothing. The best of them hit and miss, I ain't winning my decision. It's a knockout or I'm finished. Giving new life to the rhythm. Trying to find unity, cause it went you and me split like a schism. Love it and live it, I want it all. No time for penny pinching, let's get it. Underdog with an underbite. Lost my mind tonight. Use my wrongs to write a melody for the whole world to recite. Push it through to see it true. Give a fuck about a pitfall. Got no time to stall. We just want it all. We deserve it all. It's our shot to call. All in no is raw. Got no time to stall. We just want it all. We deserve it all. It's our shot to call. Getting faster, don't you ever doubt a second of the organized disaster? Overdriving a life, we don't get to rewind. Patience on a heavy decline, you don't get to recline if you really want shine. And a kid got far with a teeny bit of guidance where he reside. Jekyll and high, about to see eye to eye when I come peak fine. Challengers are nothing to dodge. Whipping a hoopty while shooting for stars. Scoop me a cutie if she like the bars. Not talking about Xannies, y'all took it too far. Constantly pushing my limits to never give you what you want. Only feed you what you need. No need to doubt at the front. Get your ass up and believe. Black sheep and my family tree benefited through odds that were never. Even lightning in the bottle, I doubt it. Monsoon rain after every drought hit. Hellraiser in a brainstorm. Thank the Lord, my life ain't been normal. Making up for lost time. Last second, I'll be immortal. Welcome back, Number Family, to Number Talk, the Number Talk podcast. I'm your host, Gene the Genius, and my guest today. The one and only, the boss lady herself, Nessalo. Yep. She's texting, guys. So ah. rude. <laughs> All right. Before we went on break, we asked the question, should America consider moving towards the practice of socialism? So before we get into that, Manessa, what makes you a critical observer and what plays a factor when you are spectating everything around you? I think it's just because... Some people might say I'm nosy, but I'm just curious, right? Like, like for me, it's like if I saw something one time and I see it again and it looks different, to me, that's like being a critical observer. Like, mm-hmm. you remember what you saw before and now this time you're being a little bit more critical of it. You're looking for discrepancies or like, you're always trying to see, well, does the story line up, if that makes sense. Um, so for me, I guess it, that's because I'm a scientist by nature. I have to notice if something is, if like when I'm, uh, formulating my hair color, right? Mm-hmm. Does it look different than when I made it the first time? Like, right. Okay, why does it look different? Did I forget an ingredient? Did one of the dyes not really go in like they were supposed to? So just by the nature of work that I have, I have to be a critical observer. Mm. 
Now, how does this help you in your field? Well, you kind of mentioned this because yeah. you have to pay attention I to I have like, to figure out anomalies and like why something doesn't match. And it sometimes it lets you go down a rabbit hole of like, well, it happened this way this time, but this time it didn't. And it's just like, you know, a little bit back and forth. But mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, being more sure in your work is, is why that's important. Because if I notice something and I can explain why it happened, then that means I'm sure of my product, right? If something happens and I'm like, I don't know why that's supposed to happen. That's a big problem. Right. Like, being, having that kind of skill set, you'd probably do well in like stock trading. So I do trade stocks, but I don't think for me, I look at stocks differently also because I, I like one of my friends has been helping me with this also. I also took like a finance class, right? So there's like all these other factors that play a role in just stocks are fake, right? It's mm-hmm. just in the mat- like to me, there's no real value based off that number, right? Like that number can go up 10% or go down 10% because of a news article. So it's like one keeping that in mind that it's, it's fluct- it fluctuates based on personal feelings. But it's like if you're, tr- like, let's say, for example, you wanted to get into a stock, don't just buy it because your boy was like, yo, put, buy the stock. Unless your boy knows about finances, right? Mm-hmm. And unless he was like, you know, I checked out their balance sheet and, like, they have plans on expansion. Like, then that shows you, like, the, the company has potential to grow. If you check their balance sheet and they, they continuous, their debt is increasing, I would not invest in that company. Like, and that's, you know, again, it's like observing trends. Like a lot of times people, it's just like, oh, I'm going to buy this because it's $10 a share. Okay. But could it be worth $20 a share? If it could be, then that's why you should buy it. But if you bought it and it's $10 a share and the company's in debt and they're selling off assets and that stock is really worth $5 a share, that was a dumb, you know, stock for you to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. So I kind of I'm kind of like on the same level as you with stocks. I'm not mm-hmm. an expert, but I kind of know like yeah, it, it's certain things you just don't do when you're trading stocks and everything mm-hmm. like that. I made mistakes when I first started, so I didn't lose money. But now moving forward, it's like I want to watch videos on like trading first, yeah, before I go back into like becoming a a, um, a consistent trader. And, and I don't like. I wouldn't say I'm, like, a day trader. Like, I know some people that are, like... Like, I'm also in, like, some chats, and they're, like, I just bought 8,000 shares. I'm good. <laughs> I'm trying to get to 100. 100. Like, like my my magic number is 100. Like, yeah. whatever stock I'm looking at, I want to have 100 least, shares. Right. Whether it costs $50, whether it costs $10, I want to have 100. Yeah. So how do I get there? That's a different story, but... To me, trading is like buy and sell in a day or in two days, you know, based on price. Mm-hmm. I think I'm more in the stock game for like long term gains. Word. Like, you know, if I bought something at 10 and then it hit 25, that's a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. But just because I bought 10,000 of something at $10 and then sold it at 12, okay, you made money, but, you but much. it's not a long term gain. Yeah. Like, I remember when I was still studying, like, some of the companies I wanted to get into. Mm. And that's why I got into buying stocks after that. It was 25 cents from, like, January to March. And then I stopped. Like, what I would do is I would look at the the numbers and I would log them in. So, I'm, like, doing all this homework. And then I stopped for, like, a few months. I go back on there. I'm looking at my apps. And I'm, like, hold on. It's $20 now. I'm, like. Happens all the time. I was, like. I had 
If if I bought two hundred dollars, and don't, I had, and don't do it. Uh, don't that's even, when it uh, becomes because you're like, I was like, five, damn, if I would have just bought, that'd been twenty thousand dollars like, richer, bro. And what is twenty? What you said two hundred for twenty five cents each. It was twenty five cents each, and if I had bought two hundred dollars worth of that, that's about that's about thousand shares. I'd have had twenty grand. You give the taxes. I still have about seventeen thousand dollars. I had a friend that made seventeen k in a day because the stock got put like so. For example, if you're, I use Robinhood, so the stocks are only on the U.S. stock market. But okay. if you were on like a Fidelity or Ameritrade, then you know you have access to the other stock markets. Mm-hmm. So basically, this stock was on a different market, and then when it got onto the U.S. stock market, it like doubled in value Damn. that one day. So he so made lucky. hella bread. So I ask you about the critical, being a critical spectator question, because we are about to head into another presidential election. Mm-hmm. And we have some familiar faces who will be running for the Democratic Party again. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders has a specific ideology that he wants to implement within the country in regards to healthcare, education, um, tax increase and higher income households and mm-hmm. many more ideas. Right. So Senator Bernie Sanders at this point would be pushing for a socialist society, mm-hmm. right? Do you believe his plan could work? So my whole comment about America and politics is that America is too big. And America is too big to function under one political system. Mm-hmm. When you even think about the cultural... So one thing is like cultural differences, size... And just, like, overall ideologies and um, ac- levels of academic attainment, they vary throughout the country. Right. So how do you think one way of thinking would work for, I have no idea how many million people live here, but it would to me it would never work that way. And I saw that from the last presidential election. Because if you, like, I remember the last presidential election, I was really obsessed with the way the votes were split. Like, you know, which... States voted red, which states voted blue, which ones were there's there's a trend. Like mm-hmm. there's a reason middle of America all think one way. There's a reason why East Coast is like one way. There's a reason West because it's just that's the way cultures are. One political system does not work for the United States of America. Exactly. And I think the issue is we always try to say, well, in European countries it's okay, or like for example, Canada. I was listening to some podcasts. Like, Sweden has, like, amazing, like, family leave um, policies and things like that. How many people live in Sweden? Like, how many? Like, no, okay, even France. How many people live in France versus how many people live in America? America's huge. Like, so to me, it's really unfair to compare the way that politics work in smaller countries to a nation as big as America. If you even think about it, each of those countries still have their own laws, but they function under the EU. If each, not to say each country, but maybe on a regional basis, you know, had their like state laws or regional laws, and then there was like uh, a union kind of law, not Mm -hmm. federal, but more thinking of it as a union, maybe there would be like, you know, from a union standpoint, X, Y, and Z are not allowed. But I don't think it even makes sense to force every single state to kind of believe in one political system when every single state has their own laws. Like, there's some states where the death penalty is still allowed. Right. There's some states where medical marijuana is not allowed yet. So, like, even from fundamentals like that, like, 
it, we're not meant to function under one one nation for justice for all. I don't believe that. Right. And at the time those laws were written, how big was America? They didn't even know about California. <laughs> no, seriously. 1776, California was not a thing. That's true. And then think about that. think about from Virginia, from Boston, how many countries we've now kind of established and then there's California. And then like South is like Texas. Mm-hmm. We were never designed in my we were never designed to be this big is one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they never revised any of the laws. <laughs> That's funny, yo. It's like they just put them in place 300 years ago and they just kept it like You that. know the reason you get paid $5 a day for jury duty? It's because it used to cost $5 a day to park your horse. Oh, bro. So the $5 a day was to cover your horse and like your travel expenses to do your jury duty. They couldn't, they never even changed the jury duty laws. Who who can live off of $5 a day in the United States? Let's not even so talk that's, about And that's exactly, and that's one thing. I just think we're behind. Like, we're behind as far as what the fundamental standpoint of our government is on so that's what i believe you're absolutely right and you have a valid point because i didn't even think about the whole like we're too big aspect we're We're too big big to be a socialist we're too big to be a socialist country and that's what these young millennials these little college students and these some of these high school kids don't understand it's like some of y'all don't even work and I, I don't think a socialist agenda is wrong. It's That's not wrong. not what I'm saying at all. I'm just curious of how feasible it would be. In my honest opinion, that's not feasible here. I just think that even with the... If we do have... If we do implement a socialist um, environment, like a socialist country, maybe not the entire country has to be socialist, but having a balance of being... Um, socialist and capitalist, but maybe like sixty percent capitalist, forty percent socialist. How would that even work? I don't know. Like, I'm just throwing things. I'm just throwing ideas out there. So, like, what's the in between between socialism and capitalism? I, I don't know. Honestly, I'm just thinking like, what what could? But I it, do, it, and you're right. So th- that's the thing. It's like think about it again. We're a country that's almost is it? We're almost three hundred years old, right? I think we're old. Maybe like 250, I don't know. Something. Um, Capitalism has defined our entire makeup. Slavery, capitalism. Industrial revolution, capitalism. Everything that's like brought the technical, like technology, like revamp, the dot com era. All Mm -hmm. that is capitalism focused. That's what we thrive off of. Correct. So was that always pharma, capital? Like it's not... It's what we've kind of been built from, but has it really been the most ethical ways for us to survive as a nation? I don't know. It's think not so ethical. Maybe there, maybe not so much socialist, but restructuring how we utilize capitalism. Maybe I don't know. Like instead of because there are some groups that take advantage of capitalism. Capitalism because the laws allow it. That's what I'm saying. Like we never revised the laws. Correct. Like. We never revise so the laws. That's the problem. Um, I think people really want the socialist agenda because they're worried about the healthcare and the education and everything like that. What I have to say about that is 
let's talk about education first. People want free education, right? Or free healthcare. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read y'all some numbers real quick, and I'll, and then you'll let me know if you still want. Free what do you education. mean? Because education is free. You mean like college level? College level. Oh, there we okay. go. Free college tuition and free healthcare. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna read a number. I'm gonna read some numbers to you guys, and here we go. So in Germany, their income tax is forty seven percent. In England, it's forty seven percent. In Italy, it's forty seven forty five percent, forty five point eight, and in Greece, it's sixty five percent. Sales That's a lot of tax. Sales tax in Germany is nineteen percent. Sales tax in England is twenty percent, and sales tax in Italy is twenty two percent. In Greece, it's twenty four percent. Right. So, if you're already upset with your tax money now. <laughs> And you aren't even paying for free uh, college tuition and healthcare and all that. Imagine the outrage you'll have when you do, and if you do, if you were yeah. to get that. That's what I'm. That's what we're trying to get at. Bernie Sanders thinks he's just he would come in there and he wants to increase the t- the taxes on the one percent. But I don't know. But to be honest, this is what I learned the other day. I was mind blown. Go ahead. The entire time I heard the term 1%, I thought these were like millionaires and billionaires. You know how much it costs to just, for for you to be considered 1% wealth in America, all you need to do is make $400,000. Oh, so you just own your own business. And- but that's the problem. It only is $400,000. That like so the average wealth is or or like I'm explaining it wrong. Basically, to be considered the one percent, you mm-hmm. have to make at least four hundred thousand dollars. Okay. You mean to tell me that there's ninety nine percent of people that cannot make four hundred thousand dollars in this country? That's the problem, and uh, that's the part where I was like, the minute manip- what? Uh, okay, so it's so that shows you that the reason why wealth stays at the top. Like what else are we? What are we all doing down here? What is it? What are we like? To me, that's crazy. Four hundred. I thought one, the one percent was really like a hundred grand. No, 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 like, no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought million, one million. Yeah, I thought like, like at, at least five hundred grand. So you're telling me if I made two hundred fifty k, my husband made two hundred fifty k, we're in the one percent. Now, do you see what? Think about. I can make two hundred fifty k if I was like director. Um, senior vice president of a department mm-hmm. any country I mean any company easy so now it's like I and not that, that's like upper middle class America yeah I'm not rich rich 250k just, a year that's upper middle class yeah. like so it's just like okay so now you're telling me I worked hard to become upper middle class y'all trying to tax me more but then it's like there's other so then you could say the argument is like okay well what about the other ninety nine percent that just stayed in the ninety nine percent are you gonna tax them less because they didn't have because they weren't able to make it's not a fair game it's and not I had game. always thought that oh yeah just tax one percent I was totally on board with that but then I started going to school and I started making like, more what money what happens when you and get I was there. like wait <laughs> I was like wait but like what if I get there I don't want and get I like t- bust my ass to get here right. Because then now your tax money is going to something that you might not even agree with. Agree and that's with. what it is. And I, I had this conversation a few years ago. I was like, a lot of people don't realize that your political views change based on the money you have. 
I was like, we probably grew up Democrats. Cool. But does this mean like, or like, if I make too much money, would I like think more like a Republican? Because I knew, and that's the thing I think a lot of people always find hard with like the the money politics debate is essentially the main message is people are trying to say, why am I being penalized for working harder? That's what it would seem like, right? And it's on both ends. Exactly. (laughs) It's crazy. And it's like, I don't see it that way because it's like a lot of times my working hard was because I had to pull resources and pull resources. Sometimes you're born into the 1%. What about that? Like, Mm -hmm. and then it's like, okay, well, I didn't choose to be rich. Well, you didn't have to be poor. Like, it's not like, I think it's something that could go back and forth all All day. day. It's crazy, son. It can go back and forth all day. But I don't think like that's the true the the reason I would be aligned with the socialist agenda is because I've I've seen people who just could not make it. Like mm. I have friends they came to college that didn't mean they was gonna graduate. Right. Like where's the resources for them to make sure they finish? Like with the big school debate now about the parents who um who paid oh. all of that money? You know they they got the kids to take. Someone took the SAT exams for them and, like, all of this stuff. To me, that's wrong. Like, I knew how hard it took me to get to college. Yeah. And you're telling me, like, you just signed a check and your daughter gets to go? Where it's like, I went to college so that I can be a better child for my family. Like, you know, help my mom with the bills or, like, help her, you know, remodel. Like, knowing that I still have to give back to my family. Like, Mm. I know that I still have to be an example for my younger cousins, for my nieces. Like, it's crazy. like you know, like to me, it's it's, almost, it's like a slap in the face. It's like some of us really had to work hard, and like some and even of us, when some of us do work hard, it's we still, still not can't enough. Get there. You feel me? Oh man, it's it's crazy out here. And then that's why it's like you push it on us to work so hard all the time. Like I okay, I get it. I knew I had to work hard. Well, what if hard work really isn't enough? What if the system is really built to keep me down? Period. Doesn't and, matter and, what I work. And then you wake up trying not to think that way because it's like I have to I know I have to work hard, but then you're like, dang, it's really like meant designed. To, to design to put you in this position no matter what. But then the other side of you is like, no, it's not. Because there's a lot money. of things like you can well, I'm not paid the same as men. There's that. Because I'm a woman. And then because I'm black. Black woman. And it's like to be honest, I find it difficult having negotiation conversations. Mm. That's not something I know how to do. I can talk about so many things. Me and money talking to other people makes me feel uncomfortable. uncomfortable yeah. Because I don't I don't want to feel like I'm begging you to see how much I'm worth. You know? like, And I've never had a problem where I was unsatisfied with my salary. But God forbid I do. How do you Hello? approach that? Yeah. And that's crazy because when I was working on like this article about the women in the wage gap like a couple years ago i did a survey where i asked women women don't ask they don't a lot to negotiate because it's just like for me one thing is just like i'm always cognizant that someone might think i'm an angry black woman so like that it's it's sad that you have to be mindful of that because it's just like they're gonna be like oh she's just an angry black girl or like i'm not one time at a club this guy was like honey the world is not against you he was saying all of this to me because I was we were trying to take pictures. They had a coat check. Yeah. We're like, no, we're trying to take pictures with our coats on. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, you gotta take your coat off. You gotta take your coat off. And I'm just like, dude, you don't even make it. And again, because I t- I challenge authority. Like, 
what are you talking about? I can't take a picture. I'm doing business for you. Right. Like, and it was just like this whole big thing. He's like, the world is not out to get you. And I was just like, you're a security guard. <laughs> Why are you talking to me like this? Like, that's crazy, bro. It's crazy. Now, if, you know, we, I already know like this whole socialist thing wouldn't work. It's not, it's not, our country wasn't built on that. And mm. this, you know, this is an example of old ways is going to stay as old ways. Like, I this, agree. you feel me? So, but what would you recommend if you were in office and how would you go about it? I feel like there's, it's more so challenging the pro, like tackling the problem. It doesn't matter if we're a capitalism society. There's still homeless people outside. Right. Socialism isn't going to pick up all those homeless people and help them. Socialism isn't going to, you know, make school equal and have equal teachers in every district and make sure, you know, everyone gets the same. That, I don't, because that, that's still on a, a, such a fundamental level that a national overhaul doesn't fix that. Mm-hmm. I think it's more so about pinpointing, you know, what? issues impact your community the most and how you can fix it i have the biggest problem living in linden because i drive past the refinery and it pisses me off every single day what are (laughs) y'all pumping into my air uh i mean to but is is socialism gonna fix that No. no but to break that down when we when we you know interviewed um albert telsey he's in a he's an environmental attorney Mm. they purposely put certain places in certain areas and cities because they know like yeah no one's gonna come like they're not gonna put something like that in westfield i was driving down <laughs> trimley and i was like why do they let people live here i was like that because they know the people who gonna crazy. live yeah they know the people gonna live there they will they gonna live there they're exactly. not they don't care. i was like wait but why would they let i was like god forbid one of those reactors, one of those buildings goes off, blew up, yeah, blew up. something, an accident. It's a wrap. You tell me all these, like, they live too close, it's a wrap. is what I personally believe. And that's what my friend is saying. There's like, well, I mean, the summer people camps, are living here. You got the summer camps too. But right it's, there. to me, it's just like, why is it not like Be, sanctioned yeah, off? Like, right. That's wild to me. Because like, to them, if. To them, if you put it in a business perspective, if we sanction off this whole community, we're losing money. Exactly. That's it. And, that's and that's the capitalist the part right there. Bro. Like, that's a, but to your point, you're right. But I also understand why it is where it is because there's like, it's a, in a strategic location because of like Arthur's Kill, or whatever. Yeah. Body of water. I get it. Like, but are like, why are you having people live here? Like, and my other thing is, we have all those refineries. Why is Linden residential tax so high? Mm. Like, that's something that I, I just need a solid answer yeah. on. I was like, so you mean tell me we have y'all building a super Walmart? We got Target, Home Depot. We Buffalo have all these wings. big businesses. We have like three. Those are and those refineries we see. It's not one company. It's mad Multiple. different companies yeah. in that one location. So you mean to tell me? And y'all, then y'all gave them tax breaks. Like, tell me what's going on. Right. Like, why is my mom's property tax continue to go up every year? That's a problem. Hmm. My mom's property tax is almost as much as her mortgage payment. No way. I no my mom way. pays no more way. in no. That's the thing. My mom pays more in property tax than her mortgage. Living in Linden. That's the thing that pissed me off. That's crazy to me. When I I was like, wait, mom. 
It was only this much. She's like, oh, and I said, because of the tax. I was like, I was like, what? Yeah, that's called a robbery, bro. That's crazy to me. Oh, Lord. It's a lot. This country's a mess, man. It's Sometimes crazy. I feel like you just got to throw the whole planet away. And it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's like there's so many, mind, many problems everywhere. It's just like, which one do you choose to fix? Um, it and, depends on your capabilities as a human. And it also depends on your agenda. Like, everybody probably don't care that there's, you know, toxins pumped into the air in London. Right. Because to them, it's like, we're going to die anyway. So it's exactly. like, it don't matter. Um, if you ask certain people, they'll tell you capitalism's what's ruining the country. And it has been for many years. Do you, I mean, I don't, based off what we've mentioned, like, I don't think capitalism is like ruining it, but I think it's just the way it's been used. No, I think, I think capitalism has helped build America, but capitalism will ruin America. For example, my mom was like. What were we talking about yesterday? Oh, I was telling my mom. One of my sister's favorite stores are always, she used to like this store called Charlotte Roos. Mm-hmm. Always in Woodbridge Mall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, mom, you, you know Charlotte Roos is going out of business? I walked, I went to the mall the other day and they were having a going out of business sale. And she was like, what? She was like, what's going on with this country? I was like, oh, Amazon. And she was like, what? I was like, yeah, Amazon. And I was like, mom, I buy everything on Amazon. Yeah. And then she was like, are you serious? I even told her about Amazon Prime. Like, how I pay. I was like, yeah, I pay, like, $50, and I get everything in two days. Mm-hmm. She's like, when I say, you're kidding me. I was like, no. You know about the fresh, Amazon Fresh and Whole Foods and all that? What do you mean? You can order your groceries on Amazon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, no doubt about that. Like I did it for a little bit, but I was paying too much. Like, I was like, mom, you can buy anything on Amazon anything, now. Like, anything, why do you need a brick and mortar? But the reason it's interesting is because there's still, depending on how you develop and market your brick and mortar you'll still get business yeah but i mean amazon is capitalism and like i'm not blaming amazon for other yeah, companies not being able right. to sustain you their business keep up. You keep but up. you gotta keep up with the times that's it and amazon is the times all right you guys do not go anywhere because when we return we're switching to our knobber talk of the day do parents have a right to discipline their kids however they want when we come back we'll mm-hmm. discuss If you really 
trying to fight I can take you to the curb And have you running away like it's really your verb See the word play has gone something superb Unfortunately it has me looking out from the birds But I'm still here Bars like I see make you see clear It's hard outside cause the vision make you see fits Niggas talk about trouble I can get them a note Just pay me a few keys and I can pay off the quote And I spoke for the little ones who never had a voice And for all the hurt women who feel like they never had a choice It's nice to be the same, but it's different to be different And I do this to get real food in my kitchen But the only food I be hitting is that Popeye spinach So when I'm finished and everything is done and complete And my boss have you at the edge of your seat Don't blame me for being a G yeah, It's a lot of me when I open my mind And I'm just trying to get it while I'm on my grind This ill deuce got me in a hard time Welcome back, everybody. I'm Gene the Genius, and we've had Manessa Lermajust with us on the show today. Our number talk for the day deals with how parents deal with their kids when their performance is not up to par in school. Mm-hmm. So, Manessa, you were a grade A student most of your life, right? Yeah. I got a, I got, I've had a C but, a few times, like. But were you were were there repercussions because you got to see? So I had always had good grades, right? And then there was like I think I went to the sixth grade, and I took a history class, and I guess I just wasn't doing my work or something. I got a bad grade, mm. um, and you know my parents talked to me about it, but they never my parents never had to hit me right. essentially for not getting good grades because I got a, let's say I got a bad grade in history. But all my other grades are fine. Like, I didn't have those kind of parents where okay. it was like, oh, you got a B? Let's make it an A. Like, they knew I could get the A. It was mm-hmm. just like, okay, well, why are you not getting the A? Right. That's what it was more like. Okay, that's fair. I think they just knew you as a child. It was like, I don't have, we don't have to, like, yeah. you know, go OD on you and stuff like that. We've all grown up in different households. Some of our parents were hard on us. I feel like my parents were in between. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, my mother, it was she knew it was like, yo, you can get better grades than this. And I think I didn't start taking my grades seriously until like sophomore year in high school on. Mm-hmm. So if you look, if you look from freshman year back, it's just, God, are you stupid or what? <laughs> but the only reason, but the only reason why I started taking you know school a little bit more seriously was because I had to excel if I wanted to run. Mm-hmm. So if I did poorly in class, and I was not going to any track meets, and mm-hmm. I w- couldn't go to um, practice. So that was the only thing that kept me with like my education. So now neither of us are parents yet. We're not parents yet, but we know there are some things you just shouldn't make a child go through. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? I came across this picture on Twitter, and it had a before and after picture, and the caption said, grades went from a to f the before picture it's a kid he looks about seven years old and he has his hair the after picture they shave the middle off and he looks like uh the jeffersons okay so my question to you is is that od so they cut his hair as punishment for they getting cut, cut his hair, but just the middle of it. So now he has like an old man look. I mean, it's not OD. And I mean, in terms of humiliation, that's a little messed up. But 
You also don't, is there, was there a cultural significance? Like why they chose to shave his head that I don't know. I feel like their parents had a reason that they did it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it just, maybe he was just worried about his hair too much. And they were like, you can cut this <laughs> off. Like, you know, let you focus on some other things. Yeah. OD, I, I don't really have an opinion. Nah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's it was on social media, though. So do you think we're seeing a problem today with how parents discipline their kids with the use of humiliating them on the internet? Of course. Like, I wouldn't have put that on Instagram. Like, what, do you put that on Instagram for what? Right. Or Twitter for what, right? Because, one, you know, people are going to agree with you. There's people that are going to bash you as a parent. There's some people, they might even report you. Right. Like, people take things, like, so personal nowadays. It's just, like, that. I'm, like, always conscious about what I put online or whatever. Because someone will be like, Twitter, do your thing. Yeah. Be your boss on the phone. Right. Like, like, they, people be bugging. Like, Twitter has. That's doing too much. Like, yeah. that, was un- that was unnecessary. Put they could have shaved the head. That was moved- an at-home punishment, school punishment, whatever. And moved on. And that was it. Them taking a picture of it, posting it online, that's unnecessary. Because it's going to live on the internet forever. But, I mean, if I'm a parent and I want to post it on the internet, what if I'm willing to accept those repercussions? Like To me, that brings up a different... I've noticed like a lot of times like parents are very vocal with their the way that they raise their children, whatever. I don't see the reason why. I really don't see why someone would put that on Instagram. Mm. Like, what's the point of that? Maybe to teach a lesson with So is other... the, the kid on Instagram? Like, 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 my question is, like, how does you posting that benefit your child who's not getting the grades he's supposed to get? That's not going to make him get an A. How do you know that? What if that kid no longer gets an F because he does not want to be humiliated anymore? No, what I'm saying is... You posting that picture doesn't guarantee your child an A. So the time it took you to take that, to shave his head, to take the picture, to make the caption, maybe you could have looked at other resources to help you. Does he need a tutor? Is something going on emotionally? Mm. Like to me, I feel like that was just, just doing too much. So how would you go about um, making sure your child doesn't come home with like bad grades? I think it... it Starts from being very involved. Like, my sister is, like, so involved at my, my nephew's school. I'd be looking at her like, ooh, mommy drama. Like, but she's very involved. Like, yeah. if somebody is hitting him or, like, okay, she there. Like, so it, it's, like, involvement. And it's, like, what type of relationship do you have with your child? Like, not to say, like, every parent-child relationship needs to be perfect, but does your child feel comfortable coming to you and saying, Mom, I'm struggling in this mm-hmm. class. I would tell my mom, like, Mom, my professor is mean. She say a quick prayer for me before I go take my, like, that, is it open like that? Like, right. And a lot of times, like, maybe the kid is bored. A thing about how he went from getting A's to getting an F. Is he being disruptive? Yeah. Is he not being challenged? Like, there's more to the story, I believe. Or maybe you you got him a new game and he's not doing his homework. There's more to it, like. I just feel like when it comes to handling your kids with things like that, one, I think the hair, cutting the hair was a little extreme because 
why you got now your kid looking like an old man? Yeah, school, and now man. he looks crazy. So he, he look, look wild, crazy. bro. Now his crush in class gonna be like, oh, this boy he ugly. Dead, <laughs> like it's over for him now, and that's all they gonna remember. Remember in remember in second grade, you your came, mom cut your hair. Like, like, come on, man. And the other thing is, it's the internet. Now this is what he's known for, unless he comes back. With good grades and you post that yeah, too, you gotta have the same energy. Like if you're doing good, exactly. If you're doing good, if they doing good in school, make sure you post when he when they doing well in school as well. Because if you only you know humiliating them when they get bad grades, you gotta show them what they'll get yeah. when they get good grades and as well. And it doesn't. I don't feel like that's effective. Like okay, why discipline your like? So that's the thing. It's like were they was the child doing something to get the bad grades, or mm-hmm. does the child need help? Because right. if your child needs help, you need to call a tutor. You need to figure something out. Like you, like I said, you posting that isn't going to make him get A's. That's how I see it. Like, Fact the moon, though. I think some parents, they just send their kids off to school and they just expect them to perform well. Like and it's like some, of, some parents need to focus more on what the child's interests are. And see what they're good at and what they're not. See what mm-hmm. their strengths and weaknesses are. Maybe that class that that kid did got an f in like you said he could have just gone bored when you get bored with something you have no interest in it you know maybe he needs to be challenged maybe he needs to go to he's maybe he needs to skip a grade and sometimes yeah. the parents are so focused on punishing the child instead of trying to figure out what the Why, child what needs wrong. exactly yeah. oh man but um yeah i just feel like they some parents need to focus on that a little bit more. Or just be more involved. Yeah. Because a lot of parents are not involved in their child's lives. I talked about that before, one of my earlier episodes. It's like, you can buy your kids clothes and shoes all day, but if you're not mm-hmm. building a relationship with them, asking them, hey, how's school? How's that math class you mm-hmm. weren't doing so well in? Or, you know, how do you like your teacher? You know, ask them, like, do you like your teacher? If not, why? Then you yeah. should not wait for the teacher to call you in all the time. Hello? <laughs> you should be There's like... This, this girl I'm tutoring, I hate her teacher. Like, mm. he's just not... It's also his first year teaching and, like, the other chem teacher, like, left. So he's the only chem teacher for the school. But I told her, I was like, did you tell your mom? Like, what you're telling me? Make sure you tell your mom. Right. Make sure your mom is calling your guidance counselor. Like, she, apparently a lot of the kids have complaints and told the guidance counselor. And the guidance counselor just kind of shrugged it. I was like, okay, your mom needs to talk to the principal. Yeah. I was like, do you need me to call your school? Like, because if I'm your tutor and I can tell the signs that your professor is not doing something right, that's a problem. That's because right. I told her, I was like, this is your mom. Your mom pays taxes. This is what she's paying for. Correct. Like, so, so you need to get your money's worth. And parents yeah. need to know that. Like and I, I, I feel like that's not that's something that a lot of parents don't take more initiative about. It's like you're paying for that child to go to school. Whether you're renting or you own the home, you you're paying that city's tax in some way. The city's tax is what pays that educator. If that educator is not educating effectively, if they're not like doing what they need to do for your child to succeed. Mm-hmm. You can have that conversation. Correct. It might be an awkward one, but it needs to be had. You gotta have it. Yeah, I just think the teacher should not always be the one calling the parents. Agreed. Sometimes the parents should be like, I would like to have a sit, a sit with you. Oh, on... when I become a parent, it's I'm gonna be in there. What? They're, they will know my name. They will know my car. They will know what to expect. Like... 
it'll be it'll be funny if like they know you coming in and they you know how like teachers fix their act together when they know the principal's oh, yeah. coming in or when I the mean, superintendent's coming in. You thought I was <laughs> waiting until uh, back to school night to meet you? We talking on the first day of class. Oh, man. That talking is, to all of y'all. That is hilarious, we all talking, bro. Like, it's like, hey, oh, wow, you're here. Like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm very present. Yeah, word. I, I think I do the same thing, mm-hmm. too. I do pop-ups on my kids. I do something like that. Just walk through the... You know how like the doors have windows? <laughs> Just be like... you like... Who's that? That's mm-hmm. that's my dad. Because like, even my friend was telling me, like, um, freshman year, she wasn't originally supposed to be in the honors program. Like, mm-hmm. they wanted her to wait a year. Her dad called Rutgers so fast. Why she got to wait a year? It was, I don't know. Like, I also wasn't in the honors program the first year. I didn't care that much. But obviously, if my mom would have called, I could have been in it the first year, too. But mm-hmm. it was like her dad was an advocate for her, and he was like, Look, long term, she's going to medical school. Talk, talk, talk. Figured it out, and then she got in the audit. Like, as she's supposed to. Like, I just feel like a lot of times, also with like kind of like being first generation college students, we kind of just take what we get. Right. And we, again, we're never really like pushing back or like questioning authority. Like, so no, mm-mm. I have questions for everybody. I've the first that. day of my last class this year, I didn't like the classroom. I walked up to the professor. I was like, uh, why is our class here? I was like, this is not okay. Like, He couldn't change it, but yeah. for me, it was just like, I'm going to tell you that this is not okay. I'm going to also tell other people that this is not okay. Yeah. So next time y'all have this class, it better not be in this building. What like, was wrong with the building? It was a trailer. Oh. Gene, I pay $3,000 plus for this class. A trailer. Y'all could put some respect on my name. A trailer. A trailer, y'all. A trailer. A trailer. For it class. was a trailer that they broke into like two classrooms or so, three, maybe four. What class was it? It's a capstone class. So this is like my last class, like mm-hmm. business oriented. We're kind of like developing our own company. Right. Just, Why am I sitting the, in a class? Trailer? It's not even room. in an environment that makes me want to be there. Right. Let's start there. That's bad. I remember I was watching um, another video and. The kids in an elementary school, I think it might have been Chicago, and they had coats on. Because it was classes clothes? The whole school was brick city. And it's like, how can a child learn if they're yeah. freezing to death? You like, know? exactly. Explain that. It's crazy out here, bro. But, um, Manessa, I would like to thank you a lot. For coming on Nabra Talk, uh, this has been a nice convo. Did you enjoy the conversation? I did. We had a good time. Word. Uh, you can give out your social media handles if you want. Yes. So my name is Vanessa Lowe. You can follow me on Instagram, uh, N E S S A underscore L O. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, N E S S A underscore L O. Those are like my main social media platforms. I post about my travel. Um, any events that I'm going to, and I'm a blogger, so definitely check out my website, uh, nestknows.com. That's N E S S K N O W S. I talk about lifestyle, money, travel, inspo, anything really, um, just to put content out there. So thank you. Word. And if you guys would like to purchase Manessa's latest, Manessa's latest book, yes. she's ready. Inspiring travel stories and wanderlust guide for women. Travelers, you can purchase it now 
on Amazon.com and where else? Uh, Barnes and Noble and then the nonprofit directly. So statementjunkie.com. Cool, cool. So if you guys would like to join the conversation from our Nabra Talk, follow us on Instagram at Nabra Talk and subscribe to our podcast page on iTunes or follow us on SoundCloud. I'm Gene the Genius. This has been another edition of Nabra Talk and we are out of here. Bye.